Divine Fire, Poems by David Wu Ambient Life You have invited some friends over for dinner, and each of them has brought along one or two friends, who each brought one or two more, until the room is crowded and senseless, and the roast is being hacked and impaled on toothpicks as makeshift hors d'oeuvres and wine glasses blithely tossed into the fireplace. And a drunken stranger is cavorting on a giant mobile outside your bedroom window. By now you've given up trying to control anyone. You lie in bed listening to the sounds of a party that is nonsensical to you and brings you no pleasure. A police siren comes closer and closer, then dopplers into silence. The hydraulics of a bus sighs rudely. A washing machine merges into a pack of feral dogs. I meant to ask you a question at the party, but I see now that you're tucked in, except for the pajamas with bunny feet that peek out from under the covers. How small you are, how helpless. I kiss you goodnight, once on each eye and wipe away the last tears from your lifelong tantrum. Then I close the door slowly, slowly, to avoid making any noise. On being asked what's new, nothing's new anymore. The vellum of a face on which is written, 40 years, half a century. I know that the volcano Laki caused a famine in 1783, but I still haven't seen Reykjavik. I'm always in the same Zen garden, trying to turn the raked sand into an ocean. Why do I wonder if I'll ever be as elegant as the cheap Andean handkerchief in my pocket? So many roses, so little love. I stopped traveling, except in books. Behind my father's house is the bamboo grove where he played. You should observe the faces of children, Wittgenstein advised. I think of you most on Saturday evenings, after it's rained, and the air in the garden is new. On trying to forget someone, or the divination stick stuffed in a dusty backpack, by a Dogon priest as memento of those parish years, or the soft noko of an earlobe, the ardent way it lingers under a sidewalk amplifier wafting herbarmedic, or the sweet echolalia of a tag question as if to say, darling, I'm listening, listening, aren't I? Or the last glimpse of an arm through a closing door, plangent as a tanka tucked into a Hayan lover's sleeve. If I distilled all qualities to one in final valediction, in the last eros of shriving, if I confessed one by one that I willed to forget one by one as a wilted rose discards the evidence of its beauty one by one, what would there be left to love but myself alone? 
and how to be alone if not in leaving myself to love. On refusing to be on the make, if I had turned around at the right time and seen what was behind me, I would know what my actions meant, that everything served the same cause and was known to serve the same cause, as if I were transparent and could see motives flowing through me like a picture frame held over a trout-filled stream. Now I must go walking and walking along these blind paths where dreams no longer exist because the self itself has gone clear. On the bridge in autumn, leaves are falling from trees I can no longer see. Lovers are holding hands that carry invisible photo albums of the families they will never have. But I am walking on for once without questioning what lies behind. As for the future, how can I help but judge you by how gracefully you brush aside the falling leaves? Or how selflessly you turn to me and remove one, clinging to the small of my back? Sequel They are gazing at the movies from the lawn, their eyes in unison, following the man who kisses the woman who kisses him back then slaps him across the face with such force the breeze rustles the screen which turns out to be the curtain of your bedroom where you look out at the strange faces in the yard the woman weeping over what you have done the angry man rustling through the leaves as he storms away and the child among them who doesn't understand and doesn't care but who stares at your features and those of your lover reclining behind you, asleep or dead or dying, as if to memorize them. For the day he's old enough to enact the story himself, repeating your mistakes, making a few of his own, until the lights come up and the audience trickles away. For love, after Twelfth Night. The air that ranges over the present without judgment. The sun that picks the gillyflower and oxlet gold. The casement ensphered in the lit orb of a pearl. I cannot reach for love. I cannot touch for love. The glass would cut my hand, and the sun would burn my petals, and air would judge my folly with a gust. Even at the elephant, searching for Antonio, I wandered the cobblestone of the inn yard, hearing no words issue from the actors' mouths, no sizzle from the torches, no holla from the vintner. Antonio passed through me, searching for me. I was ghosted for love. Outside, the black taxi took me along the river, and I, fingering all along the jewel in my pocket, saw a tableau of decay fall of buildings, bombs, pendulum of wrecking balls, then the rise of cranes, of steel girder acrobats, beyond the gaze of a mere taxi window. How clear you'd become, backlit with stars, in a blue high-rise fixed darkly on the fulcrum of our nakedness. If I lower the curtain here, 
will never be closed. The Empath I found myself in another body, gazing at a greenish sky. Tinted lenses shifting the spectrum a shade to the left. Now I was looking angrily at myself. At the birthmark on my arm and the strain in my eyes, as I felt your words reverberating from within your throat. I could not stop you from saying the things you said, but I could feel your reasons for saying them, why you chose to be cruel, why you ended each sentence with that mocking basilisk grin. Ah, the kindness of refusing to prolong the inevitable. The car that drove by was the same, only angled to my side, and the stranger who rolled down the window to ask me for directions was the same, only I could feel your displaced anger as she whispered with welcome kindness, I'm so sorry for interrupting, then turned forever and drove away.